When I was a young boy, my father took me into the city to see a marching band. He said, son, when you grow up, would you be the savior of the broken, the beaten and the damned? He said, will you defeat them, your demons and all the non-believers, the plans that they have made? Because one day I'll leave you a phantom to lead you in the summer to join the Black Parade. Welcome. Welcome back. We thought we were gone, but we're not. It's Poppin' Jay back again. Bam. Better than ever. Better than ever, except for the audio and the fact that we have to hurry and we don't have a plan or a Google Doc. Uh, so, yeah, better than just, something. Just, 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 just. That's all inside baseball stuff that people don't need to hear. Well, better than never. We could say that. Better than not doing it. Let's just go with the magic, and people can figure out the behind-the-scenes stuff in their own imaginations. So we are Pop and Jay. He's my dad. I call him Pop. I'm his kid. He called me Jessica, so that's where the J comes from. We like to talk about stuff. This podcast has been going on for a couple years now, which is weird. Um, Super weird. But not at the same time, because it's really something we've thought of many moons ago, and now technology is here, and so we can talk even though we live so far apart, and we can record those talks because we are both like one step in the senile doorway, and this will like really be the only way for us to remember what we were like at all, like very uh, soon. Right? Yes, ma'am. Uh, hey, how can I argue with any of that? I'm getting alerts on my watch that you're retweeting. Are you retweeting while we're recording? I am not. My dad's a Twitter fiend, just so you know. You can follow that him was a, at That K- was a few minutes ago. What's your Twitter handle? I can't think of it now. At KMG1775. Uh, yeah, my initials and the year that the Marine Corps was founded. Born. Hurrah. Exploded onto the world stage to become the finest fighting organization this world has ever seen. And do you still think they live up to that? Even Uh, amidst all the political correctness and whatnot? I could give you so many examples of stuff that's happening right now uh, overseas and here in America in training just in leadership alone. My Marine Corps is always going to be in good shape. In, In fact, uh, not to be blasphemous in any way, but it does remind me a bit of the Catholic Church because it's uh, uh, the, the army, and we're digressing, but the army and the Air Force and the Navy have caved so badly to different political correct winds. And the Marine Corps has been forced to do a few things, but they are holding out. And the standards remain, and I'm, I'm very impressed because it, it would be really easy in this environment nowadays, to just cave. But when you got a guy like Mad Dog Mattis, yeah, I was gonna say, as, I think that's that was a good that was a good sign, good turning point for the for all for, the armed forces. 
for America. Have we done a podcast specifically on the United States Marine Corps? Uh, no, I thought that's what today was about. Oh, no, wait. Today is about the horrific event that happened in Florida at a school a few weeks ago and the horrible, horrible, horrible aftermath. Of well, and before it. you run away because you're like, oh, my gosh, I can't listen to this anymore. I'm kind of the same way that it's hard to hear, especially because I work at a school and sometimes you're just inundated with all this. Like I've been listening to more like Catholic radio and music. Unless political radio, as of late, a lot of this being the reason it's so hard to hear. Um, but we're not really, you know, first of all, we have my dad who's an expert in situational awareness stuff. And he's, he's done so much in this venue. So this will be good insight from an expert in this field. But also, um, we're talking more broadly just about like current events around this. Like I wanted to bring up the incidents, the stuff that's happening with the NRA and talk generally about how whenever this stuff happens, it is just, you can set your watch to, is that the phrase? I don't You know, it's coming that people are going to blame peaceful gun owning citizens of this country for monsters so I think we want. I think that's kind of the direction we're going, right? Uh, I think so. Yeah, and and you started what you were saying about me. I I don't like to throw the word expert around, but I would just ask this: What better two people to talk about this than a high school teacher, and that's you, and a police officer, that's me, who has spent the last better part of twelve years teaching. Large audiences, small audiences, literally thousands and thousands of people about public violence, uh, school violence, all of that kind of stuff. So I think that you and I may have something to say about this. Yeah, and my husband also works at a different high school. And his it's funny because his experience with safety and his awareness of how things look on campus is pretty different than mine. We're, in, we're actually in different school districts. My district has always been pretty, I think they're pretty safe. I feel pretty safe here. I mean, I'd feel better if there were people on campus with weapons to defend. We have a police officer that's stationed or that's supposed to be here. I think he's here most of the time. He has a parking spot. Usually he actually just parks right up onto the campus. So I'm happy that he's here. I think that's good. My husband now, they never, he's never seen a police officer there. They have an open campus. Ours is closed. We have a um, fence and wall around the entire campus. A monster would have to either bring one in because he's a student here or sneak in a different way or go through the office. Um, at my husband's school, it's a completely open campus, which is kind of scary. I think I don't know. This I guess this is actually part of what I want to ask you. What is what is the most secure school situation look like to you? What would you say an ideal setup would be for a high school? Yeah. Well, the the school in Florida had a resource officer who was armed uh, assigned there. I think initial reports said that they had one. Well, the school has well north of three thousand students, and it's a Organic campus. It's got a huge geographical footprint. So one officer 
definitely not adequate. As far as access control, uh, Sandy Hook, a couple years ago in Connecticut, right? Uh, the monster that went in there and killed all those little, little kids. Um, that place had access control. He just got buzzed in. So it, it, it's true. It's, I can walk directly through my office and no one would ever notice. It's a straight shot. There's no one to yeah, stop Yeah. So, so obviously part of our issue is, is that, and, and that's an important part. Physical security is a big part. Okay. That's where you just get somebody that knows what the hell they're doing to come in to your area. And this applies to businesses and, you know, uh, malls, movie theaters, schools, whatever. Yeah, we'll call it uh, target-rich environments because these monsters think of you and me and our kids as targets. Mm -hmm. Um, You get someone to come and just just look around and and say, you know, uh, pretty good here. This is a disaster here. You might want to do this here, that kind of thing. And this can be an informal thing. I, you know, I tell the churches here, I've worked with several churches in our diocese. uh, I'd do it for free. I'll come and uh, walk around your place and talk to you and give you my thoughts. And a lot of them have taken me up on it and and sent me a bunch of questions. And so that's one thing, uh, physical security, but there's more, there's, there's, there's also the human element. And what do you do with the people that work in schools and in these businesses if if you're not if you're not teaching them if you're not preparing them for a disaster and and you are preparing them you're preparing them for earthquakes and you're preparing them for fires and you know bad weather and all but are you preparing them for a monster coming to the school to do unthinkable things are are we preparing the people at the schools and until that is a full-blown effort. I mean, that's got to be that's, – that's how Israel survives, by the way. There's no safer airport in the world than the airports in Israel because they take it very seriously and their people are very well trained. They don't do what our TSA does and make people take their shoes off and pour out a shampoo bottle of liquid. and uh, they, they have methods that – are far superior to that. And those methods are having the people that work there receive intense, very good training on how to recognize a bad situation and a bad person. Yes. I would say training people has got to be key. And I feel like a huge part of the issue here at my school and probably generally in this country right now is just being afraid, like, it's like the suicide thing where so many people don't even, they don't want to mention suicide to their like teenagers or people because yes. they think that's going to put it in their mind. Yes. The same way people are scared to even talk about gun violence. Cause they think it's going to make people violent. Right. And I'm like, and it's that's scary. Stop. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I, so, it's so scary. You know uh, what I've heard, <laughs> what I've heard so many times since this thing ended a uh, few weeks or it's never going to end. But since, since the incident is people saying they don't want their kids to have to see people with guns guarding their school. And that just makes me tilt my head sideways. Like a, like kind of like a dog trying to understand what I'm hearing and seeing. You think 
that it would make the kids feel less secure? You think the kids don't know the potential? They don't know what's happened and what could happen? You think that would make them feel less secure? That That is a pretty emotionally directed and quite vapid argument, honestly. Well, one issue that I don't know, so I want to, I would want to ask you is, um, if, okay, so like how often does like a police officer have their weapon taken from them? Because the only issue I could really think of, like right away, some teachers here were talking about arming, having teachers that have concealed carry permits, being able to take them on campus or whatever. And one of my colleagues, I think her argument was stupid. Uh, which was that, oh, but what if that teacher snaps? It's like, well, what if they snap and drive their car th- through the lunch line? Like, I'm pretty sure they could snap in any way. Wait, I'm... wait what if they, first of all, we'll, t- we'll get to the word snap in just a minute, but what if they snap and bring a gun anyway, whether they have permission or not? No, this yeah, is, the, that's you, the you have to start with. We have to start with that premise every time. Schools are already gun-free zones. You right. get that? They're but the, already gun-free zones. But the the only concern I had about my colleagues potentially having weapons would just be um, them being basically the same issue we have. Like, okay, we're responsible for all kinds of things right now. You know, their records, locking the school up, closing the door, making sure there's no students in here when we're not in here, you know, putting... Uh, my exacto knives away and stuff like that but you would need to be diligent in securing your weapon and making sure that students I'm I'm assuming the one main issue I would be concerned with was a student acquiring a a weapon from their teacher yeah 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 gotcha um so a lot of people on I, I like I said, say our side or a lot of people, right thinking people, you know, not, not nitwits. Um, they can also be nitwits sometimes with overreacting the opposite way. And the idea, a lot of people on the, on the other side have this idea that everybody on our side just wants to give all the teachers guns and let them go crazy. And, and even people on our side are just like, just, just give the teachers guns. And here's what it's got to be. If the first of all, if the teachers want to carry uh, concealed weapons, I'm all for that. With one humongous caveat, that they get more than the three or four hour concealed carry class that most states require. That they actually have to go through a training course on not only how to use it, how to secure it, how to carry it, but how to coordinate with uh, other people on campus. So we don't have friendly fire. So we don't have teachers shooting Ooh, each other that's a good, that's a in the point. heat of the moment. So we don't have uh, cops showing up and thinking a teacher. There has to be a, there, the, more has to go into this than just saying, okay, here, have a gun. And that training, I'll tell you right now, if, if I were a teacher at your high school and I was carrying my weapon and no one knew it because it's you know, concealed. And that's the other thing. No one should know which teachers are armed. Like not even that the you, admin? Well, uh, you know, that I guess that's for them for individual policies, but we don't want the kids necessarily knowing that mm-hmm. uh, because, you know, that's the old. It's like when I go to court 
when I'm off, I go to court. We go to court a lot, right? And I usually wear a suit or whatever. Well, when we go to court, we have to wear this lanyard. Some days it's green, some days it's orange. Uh, And that lanyard tells the bailiffs who are protecting the judges and all that that we are police officers and that we're armed. Well, it also tells the bad guys that. And so I always feel like if someone's going to do something, um, they're going to look for the guys with the lanyard first, you know. Same thing there. Um, I think whatever teachers would have it need to be well-trained. They need to be, it needs to be concealed and they need to know how to conceal it and how to access it. And it should be concealed on their person, not in a desk or something like that. Not in a Um, safe, you'd say? Well, you could, you could do a, a rapid access safe. That's not a bad idea. I mean, there's a thousand ideas, right? But the whole point is, uh, what it, and every single school would be different because the geography is different. The, the hallways are different. The people are different. There's different amounts of people. And, well, because uh, I was so thinking for me, like, I, you know, I'm not, I'm a female. I don't, I don't, I can't imagine on my person where I would even carry a gun. I guess I could, but uh, well, but we I have a lot of female officers that carry off duty all the time, and you wouldn't know it. Yeah, I guess. Um, but like, even my Apple Watch irritates me. But um, <laughs> but I was thinking it irritates like, me too. By the way, uh, I was thinking even like, but it, it, I would feel better about this whole situation if somewhere in my desk or somewhere over here I had a safe that only I know the code for that or whatever. I don't know how they work. That had a gun. Well, yeah. Your, your brother, Arthur, just recently, he and I brainstormed, he, I sent him some ideas and he finally bought a, a really good rapid access safe for home. Cause he, they've got the little kids and uh, it, it's got a little combo thing. And there's, there's so many different kinds of, of safes now mm-hmm. that, that some have combos, some have, you know, uh, just lots of different access ways. But so. it feels like such a pipe dream. Like, we are so far away from the idea of ever being able to bring a gun to campus. Like, I don't even know why I talk about it. That's another part. It's like, it's not going to happen. The schools are run by unions, which are run by liberals, and it's just never going to happen. Not in California. It's not. No. I don't think. No, no. I, I really don't. It's it's definitely happening already, and it has been happening for long before this shooting. Um, so there Texas, are some schools in the union that do... There's, there's, there are there are definitely schools, That's and there's awesome. going to be more now. There's going to be more teachers after, especially after this. You know, there's two kinds of reactions to one of these uh, massacres. There's there's the overwhelming emotional reaction mm-hmm. that we all have immediately because it's so horrible, and then you start seeing the difference of the two sides. Everybody reacts the same way at first. It's, it, we're horrified. We can't believe this happened. And then the line starts to diverge and one side starts going with the prefrontal cortex thinking uh, of the human brain. Okay, what can we do about this? And some of us shake our heads and we go, this didn't have to happen again. This didn't have to happen. And they might say the same thing, but their pipe dream is if they just make another law, another law. Right. is going to fix this, right? Because the laws that are already in place that say you can't bring a gun on campus and you can't kill people, those laws are in place. And this this monster chose to not obey those laws. So I guess another law will stop him, right? Oh, we got to get rid of the guns. How are you going to do that? There, By some counts, there's over 500 million firearms in the United States. 
So if you made a law, if you closed down every gun store and manufacturer in America right now, if you locked down our borders and were able to make sure no guns could come into this country, what would you do about the ones that are already here? That's, yeah, and that even that part is an even bigger pipe dream than having a gun on campus in California. I mean, uh, just it's, securing it, it's, ins- it's insanity is what it is. But and here- instead of p- pursuing real solutions, we're chasing this. We're chasing this stupid political football around instead of going after real solutions. Well, and it's just like, oh, yeah, there's so many ways I could go down. Like, one of my students was asking me if I agreed that glitter was a really big cause for concern in the environment. And I was like, mm, you know, I, the, I said, my opinion about that is that everybody wants to matter. And so, you know, a lot of times you'll invent something that makes you feel like you're doing something to save the world. I could be wrong about glitter. But it's kind of this... Glitter? Yeah, it's a big deal right now. And we're making snow globes in one of my classes. This is the first I've heard of this. But anyways, the... the why it's Okay, even, we're doing a podcast on glitter. Why it's even dumber is because Adam always likes to point out, I think the biggest mass killing in, I don't remember, some part of China is was with a knife. So, pretty sure people... Yeah, 30... There, there were, there's been many, many, many... And, and let me keep adding minis, many, many knife attacks in China. There's a uh, huge, huge knife. Uh, look up knife violence and no, not no. just knives in, in Great Britain, in, in the United Kingdom, in places. People will find a way to murder their fellow human being. Like I said, been a doing car, for, you're driving a death machine every day out there. It's just well, our, that's the newest terrorist tool is driving the cars into crowds. Well, and we're just our it's it's really just the being unfamiliar with weapons, with guns, myself included. I, I've not spent enough time with guns, so it's a scary premise. It's kind of like walking on a tightrope. Or, yeah. you know, when I'm up high, I feel scared because it's unfamiliar. Guns are scary because they're very powerful, and I'm not used to them. Right. And I know that's just, I know that's what it comes down to. For, because all my friends who are familiar with guns, they're not afraid of them. My friends who've been hunting, they're not afraid of guns. You know? They, right. they, well, a gun is just a tool. It's, yeah. I'm, a, I'm very afraid of guns depending on who's behind it, you know? Yes. Well, we, maybe we should talk. We don't have a lot of time. We have like maybe 20 minutes or so. Um, but I want to talk specifically about this, the, the killing that happened in, the killings that happened at this school. In like Florida. what, yeah, what happened... What led to this? Because, wait, let me front load this premise with the fact that yesterday at our school, we had a, um after-school meeting. We do it, like, once a m- Monday a month, and we our administration showed this video called Evan. Have you ever seen it? E-V-A-N? I don't know. It's a two-and-a-half-minute video. It's like a PSA, and I thought it was interesting. Um, Google it out there if you want to know what I'm talking about. And, Pop, I should have sent it to you earlier but basically it's a is there's a kid in the library and he's drawing on it drawing on a desk and it says i'm bored and then every day there's somebody writing back to him and we follow this story oh yeah 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 and you get to the end and you miss the guy in the background yes so what do you think about that kind of a thing Uh, and do you think that that's part of what happened in florida do you know enough about what led up to this i know this one uh, i can't believe how many how many uh, flare guns were shot out ahead of time for this guy? This actually uh, is uh, is going to be in the update of my uh, presentations that I give 
to people on this topic uh, because this is going to go down in history as the poster child for uh, what we call leakage and preventable information, uh, information that should have been acted on prior to this happening. Uh, this this was, like you said, flare. This was like uh, the, the rocket's red glare of warning signs from this monster that this was coming. And it was for a long time, not a short time. And by the way, I said I'd come back to snap. People don't snap. Doesn't happen. It's never happened. It's never going to happen. Yeah, like I was talking to Adam, like these are like what, 100% of the time, not what you'd call like a, what is that called? Like red, like a spurt heat of the moment. Like there's different, like for an individual who kills his wife in a fit of rage versus a premeditated plan. These are always premeditated, right? Oh, yeah. To either a uh, small extent or an elaborate extent, depending on the, the person in their particular crisis state that they're in. But, yeah, they all, in fact, every every mass killer in history has has gone through the same five phases. They're, they're, they're no different for every single one. So this one was just way more elaborate in the fantasy stage, which is the first stage, and in the um, planning stage and the preparation stage. The first three stages, which are where... This is where prevention happens. And by the way, a lot of school shootings have been avoided. And you and I were talking. In fact, I meant to send you this. Just just, just last year, uh, a father turned in his daughter after finding her journal with plans for a mass killing at her school. Her dad found this journal, and it, it had elaborate plans in it. Uh, shotgun. There was... Ammunition talk, bomb materials. The, this girl had the school's emergency plan, um, and she even wrote down her her preferred date that is she it, was going to going to do this on. Is it they found rare for it to be a girl in these in these areas? super rare, super rare. So when they when the police went to the home, they found the journal, they found a shotgun, they found ammunition, they found pipes and blasting caps, they found the shrapnel, they found all the makings for the bomb, and they found the fuse material. So this was this was this guy's a hero, even though he raised a monster. Well, now here's 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 I'll one up that one, and this one is from uh, just days before the the Parkland, the Florida shooting. A grandmother turned in her grandson after discovering. Well, here I got it. I got it right here. Here's exactly what she discovered. She found a detailed plan, just like the other the girl. Um, she found firearms. She found explosives. She read it in the journal where he said he was going to hide his his gun in his guitar case. She opened his guitar case and found the gun in there. And he's writing in his journal, I'm preparing myself for the school shooting. I can't wait. My aim has gotten much better. I can't wait to walk into that class and blow all those FU blah, blah away. Um, he described how he was going to maximize because they all do that. They all do that because they're, they're seeking fame and infamy forever, right? Um, and here, he, listen to this. This guy's a – he's going in my class too. Um, not his name ever, but him. Uh, I've been reviewing many mass killings and bombings. I've learned from past, kill, 
past bombers mistakes so i won't make the same ones um he he obtained grenades uh he had black powder he had all of this his grandma discovered it this kid this monster wannabe monster was going to go after the body count he wanted the most and he was stopped he was stopped so they can be stopped well, and this guy, we won't say his name, but the... Ever. The the weird... I mean, there's so... I, on, on top of... Okay, it's a lot of people, 17 dead, which is pretty high. Kids. Mm-hmm. And one... And kids, 16, 16 students and one coach. And the monster didn't kill himself or get shot. So that's pretty uh, rare too, right? So, yeah, this particular monster apparently uh, became a coward. He walked to Subway and got something to drink he, and then went to yeah. McDonald's where he was arrested without incident. Yeah, he, yeah super, super rare again because these things are almost always suicides. Um, yeah, because you think he's got some, the, the guys have some humanity and they, they can't imagine. What, what, why do they? Why does it become a suicide? No, no, no. It's not that at all. Or, okay, it's, it's not, not that. It's not because these guys no, are pathological, no. like or what? Well, with few exceptions, and the exceptions pretty much prove the rule. Um, any of these mass massacres, killings, bombings, shootings, stabbings, whatever—they are almost always uh, at the heart of them. They are suicides. <clears throat> a person has reached. There's a part of my presentation where it's like the making of a monster, but a person comes to a, a crisis point a crisis state that they've they've gotten to in their life and they just they 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 can't go on anymore Mm -hmm. um this applies to regular people who don't become mass killers who just kill themselves yeah and this goes to the heart of what you said about people suicidal people don't just snap either they leave warning and warning and warning and warning signs yeah they do and depending on how committed they are it's either ideations or it's attempts whatever but ultimately they get to a point where they've decided that they they can't hold their plate anymore they keep dropping it they can't everything that's on their plate is too much and they got to go and the ones that go this route uh they have been injustice collectors they've blamed the world and other people for the reason for them getting to this state and they're like i got to die but i'm going to take as many of them with me as i can um and some of them even try to make it noble. If you ever read Colonel Grossman's uh, amazing, the best book ever written on the psychology of killing, it's called On Killing, um, and how a human has to get to a point before they can kill somebody. You know, like the Nazis had to depersonalize the Jews and and make them less than human so that it was okay to kill them. And that's what that's what happens here. Is you know, you'll read in these journals and stuff these these pieces of blank these F, everything but humans because uh that that's how they get to that point and then anyway it is a, it's a, it's a suicide but it's it's not hostility turned inward like a normal suicide it's it's hostility turned outward it's a giant f you to the world on their way out and that's that's what they usually you know most all the time are and it's so Okay, so what what can we get into that? There's so many questions about this. Why did the many, many, many attempts to stop this guy 
why did the alerts all fail? Well, the FBI decided to not follow up on it for their part. And you'd have to ask them why. I suspect it's because they're busy doing other things, like wasting everyone's time and, and resources on trying to go after the president of the United States, right. which the FBI should not should not be doing. Um, I don't know. The, the county, the Broward County is run by a, uh, I don't know if this has anything to do with their incompetence. I suspect it does. It's run by a hardcore leftist sheriff who is best buddies with people like Hillary Clinton mm -hmm. and his policies. And now we're starting to hear some stuff leak out about the cops there and what they were told to do and not do. I don't, I'm not going to judge any of that because I don't know enough, mm -hmm. but backing up before the day of, uh, I really don't know why there were between the city and the County uh, law enforcement agencies. There's something like over 40 calls for service involving this monster mm -hmm. over the past several years. Um, people that knew him, the, the students, I saw interviews the day of where they had, they were interviewing students and, and when they found out who it was, they, they said, that's exactly who I thought it was. I'm, they weren't remotely surprised. And that's just wrong. You know, the, I feel like our like schools take things more seriously when they find out a kid's like selling drugs on campus or what like they're on it or wearing a conservative t-shirt man you talk about alarm bells going off that kid needs yeah help where, now. wears an nra t-shirt spent six months in oh jail. god that's an act of violence right dude it's just crazy like to to see all the different things there's that one guy who saw something from him on facebook and reported it and you the guys I saw, last september yeah, I saw him saying, like, I didn't know this guy, but I knew what he, and I reported it, and it was, I don't know, it's just, so do, do you think a lot of people will be in trouble for this? Um, no, no, there's no accountability anymore. Um, I'll just say this, that time and time again, we saw lessons that we should have learned, and we didn't. And this time, the lessons are written in, like, Sharpie bold and highlighted in giant, giant neon so we need to the policies and whatever is going to happen going forward if if we're really going to going to decide that the solution to this is to kill the nra honest to god we we have given up as a society we have we have taken our brain out of our head we've set it on the floor and we've just continued skipping down the road to to some imaginary music because that's not even that's not even in the top 500 steps we should take to prevent further of this. Okay, the NR the first of all mo, the the rifle the gun the tool um, in over a third of mass killings over the past like 10 years in America, and the FBI defines a mass killing as three or more dead, not including the killer. Um, in a third of those. A gun of any sort wasn't even used. And if you look at the annual murder rates from the FBI, uh, people being murdered, the homicide rates, people being murdered with a rifle, that accounts for about 2% of the homicides in America. In fact, hands, fists, and feet are three times as many people are murdered in America every year by hands, fists, and feet than are by rifles. Okay, it, it, the National Rifle Association has nothing to do with this 
or any other mass killing. In fact, an NRA member has never, ever, ever committed a mass killing. It's never happened. Not one time. So why are we going after the NRA? Well, and then, yeah, it's even the... I think, like I said, I think it's to make people on the left feel like they're doing something. Makes them, makes them feel proactive. I mean, for the not for the politicians. The politicians, of course, it's all politics. But for, like, the rank and file, like, my f- fellow teachers, some of the things that I heard them say, like, and they're not s- dumb people. They're smart people. Um, but, like, one of my teachers, she, fellow teachers, she said that this shows that we, for our part, she was telling her students and my students that they need to be more kind to everybody. That if people had been kinder to this kid, it wouldn't have happened. And this, to me, gets to the heart of it. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't be kind to each other. I understand that. But it's the... Have you ever heard of that show on Netflix, 13 Reasons Why? Yeah. Awful. Awful show. I heard about it from you. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, I started to watch it, and I was curious, because... um, a uh, teacher who's teaching me one of my classes said we should watch it to be familiar with what the students are watching because it's very popular with the kids, blah, blah, blah. Premise is a girl has killed herself and she left 13 sides of cassette tapes, each one a different person who is responsible for her killing herself. And right. it's glorifying this person. It's giving her like, it's like deifying her or making her a saint or whatever. Anyways, but it's the same kind of thing where it's like, if only you'd all been nicer to her. And yes, there is a level where we should all pay attention and be kind to each other. I'm not saying anything about that. That's my number one rule to my students is to be nice to each other. But no one gets blamed for that except for the person who kills himself at the end of the day and the person who kills other people. I mean, I understand that things can go into it when people kill themselves, and I know I get that. But it is so wrong to glorify leaving a letter blaming people or blaming other people for why this guy killed killed people in this fashion. I think I think it's just well, no, I think it's quite on. ignorant. But then, well, not yeah. only that, it's not helpful to, yeah. to to preventing future ones, which is what we should all be focused on. Um, there's the student activism that's come out of this is uh, they have been. I feel really sorry for some of them, but overall, uh, the left has decided to do what they always do. Like, remember Rahm Emanuel said, never let a crisis go to waste. Uh-huh. Um, they have, they, they are shamelessly, shamelessly using children to push their leftist agenda. They're, these marches that are happening, there's schools in, there's an article I read today where there, there's schools back east, and I'm sure in California, that are, get, that are having nine-year-olds go on these, this big March uh, 14th anti-gun walkout. Nine year Oh, yeah, yeah, We're actually uh, on alert for that. I forgot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so uh, nine-year-olds. Nine-year-olds. And the, the two guys, they're like 17 years old. One of them's getting super famous. I think his name is Hogue or Hog or whatever, H-O-G-G, the kid that was at the school. Um, there was an interview they were doing the other day, and he said uh, – Someone said, shouldn't we let the experts um, 
I don't know if you saw that town hall with Dana Lash and, and Marco Rubio and those kids, and it was orchestrated Clips by the it. left and CNN gave them talking points and all that. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're in high, high emotional mode. So anyway, this, in this interview, shouldn't we let the experts, and this kid actually looked with a straight face. He said, we were there when the shooting happened. We are the experts. And everyone, you know, everyone's like, oh, burn, burn. I just, again, with the head tilting to the side, does that mean that someone who's in a, a car crash is now like should be able to join the Society of Automotive Engineers and or somebody is an expert a, on somebody whose house burns down is now a firefighter? Uh, n- no, they're a fire inspector. They're now qualified <laughs> to to figure out what how to prevent future fires because because they got burned. Right. I mean, that might be the dumbest. You go watch a movie, I, I, and now you're a video director. Uh, a lot of people on, think they are for that. Um, we honestly, have to wrap it up. I, um, I'm okay. sorry. That I know this was a quick episode. Any last thoughts you want to leave our public with? Yeah. Um, it use your brain, not your emotions. It, it's okay to feel, and we all feel. Uh, if I have children and grandchildren, mm-hmm. anyone who I've had, I, I haven't been political on Twitter uh, almost ever. And since this thing happened, if you, if you do go check my Twitter feed, you'll see that that cat is out of the bag because I've decided I'm not, uh, I have to engage this idiocy. We have to prevent you. They, they think they own the moral high ground on preventing future kids getting killed. I would just like to do it the right way and not take people's constitutional rights away. So use your brain, people. You have one. Think mm-hmm. it through. Mm-hmm. Yep, and uh, hopefully it won't take long for us to get back to it, and thanks for tuning in. We will... Oh, by the way, before we... One, one final thought. To anyone, I didn't watch the Oscars, because I don't, and it's yeah not something Why I'll ever do you? again. But what I did see that was pretty interesting was there were over 500 uh, police officers whom all of the people in that hall, most of the people in that hall hate, and security people. And guess what they were carrying? They were carrying evil death guns to protect (gasps) them, including AR-15s, the boogeyman. Mm -hmm. We're going to ban the AR-15. We should Mm -hmm. do one on the AR-15. Anyway, God bless everybody, and uh, off we go, huh? Forward. Keep Keep shooting forward. Shoot for the stars. God bless. All right. Bye, Pop. See ya.